Philippians chapter 3. Keep your eye on the prize. So I figured we would start it off fun. By the way, do you like the new setup? I meant to say something during the announcements. Hate it? Love it? Hate it? You don't know yet? It's easier to get charismatic, right? We can get flags. We can run up and down aisles now. No? Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's, I think it's neat for now. We'll see. I honestly don't know how this happened. I didn't do it. So if you don't like it, you can blame uh, Aaron Stanley. Moses? Yes. Yes, Moses is part of the chairs. I have his staff. All right, keep your eye on the prize. Let's go ahead and pray again, and let's get started. Father, thank you so much. Um, thank you for Brooke's testimony and, and, Lord, just the things that you're doing in her heart and in her life. And, and really, just everyone I know that, that went on the mission trip um, in particular, I know that you've been doing things, and I do just continue to pray that, that they, they wouldn't be fleeting things, that they wouldn't be changes in our heart that we let slip over time, but that they would be permanent changes. And not just those that went on the mission trip, Father. You are working with all of us on a daily basis in your long-suffering and in your patience with us. And we just don't deserve it. Thank you so much that you, you continue to love us, to admonish us, to edify us, uh, to bring people into our lives that, that just have that way, Lord, that, that when we've interacted with them, we feel like we've, we've been with Jesus. And um, just thank you for your faithfulness to do that. I pray tonight that uh, as we look at these verses and just the things that we're going, going to go over, that I would be out of the way and that, that we would have soft, receptive hearts to, to not get caught up in this world. I know school's back in and... And it gets hard. It gets hard to even show up on a Wednesday night. It gets hard to, to go through this life sometimes. And it's at those times that we can often take our eyes off of you and take our eyes off of our purpose and what we're even supposed to be doing here and get very, very caught up in the things that we have to get done uh, in, in this world. So I pray that, that through tonight, your Spirit would speak to us and just remind us, get us back Get us back on that path, not that one degree off, but back on that straight and narrow path that we can see that finish line, that we know where we're headed, and that we would do everything in our power along the way to bring You glory, to see people come to know You, not just get saved, but know You, and that they would interact with the world the way that You would have them to. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. So Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, keep your eye on the prize. It says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So the first thing I see, Paul says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, right? And isn't Paul like outside of Jesus, isn't he like the Christian example? If we're going to talk about a Christian, like this powerful, great Christian, he's the example. Outside of Christ's example, 
He's the one. And even Paul was saying, I count not myself to have apprehended. I don't have this whole thing figured out. I haven't arrived. It's not like he hit this spiritual peak and went, okay, I'm done. Now I can ride this out for the rest of my life. He said, I don't count myself to have apprehended this thing. So we can never think that we've hit our peak in our service to Christ. Because that is the core, is what we're doing for Christ's sake. Getting through school, I understand, is important, but are you doing it in service to Christ? When you guys are going to go to college and you say you're in class and the people you're getting to know there, do they know that you're a believer? Do they know anything about the Bible? Do you know if they're lost or saved? Do you know anything about them? It needs to be in service to Christ, even going to school. Even your major, did you pray about it? Did you pray about what you're going to do? Knowing Brooks testimony of that even, how God changed that through college where she thought she was headed down this path and now she's at a, totally somewhere else. And being willing to hear that and not being so, so set in what we're doing, but understanding that everything we do is in service to Christ. So wherever you are on this planet, in your job, in your school, God has you there for a reason you there for that specific reason. So don't, don't ever feel like you've apprehended it and you've hit that peak because everywhere you go is that ministry and it's about people. It's about loving God and loving the people that you're around. And that's what Paul himself even was saying. I haven't apprehended this thing because it can be very, very easy to fall into this mental trap of thinking we're doing, can you guys guess that blank? Enough. That is the enemy of sacrificial service right there. Enough. I'm doing enough. Because what's our measure? If Christ is our measure, absolutely. Now, practically, what's your measure? Is it? Is it on a daily basis, your measure? Christ is that example. And then next, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So that's another example that you could look to as you read the scripture and you see Paul's life and you read about it. You don't ever, ever, ever read about any believer in the Bible saying, I've done enough. Other than a couple who fell away. You, you have Demas who loved the world and he walked away. You have Mark who temporarily walked away. Those guys had the mentality of I've done enough. We cannot, cannot have that mentality. First Chronicles 21, 23, we're not going to turn there. You guys, uh, a lot of you I know are familiar with the story is, you know, basically uh, David has sinned. And so these horrible things are going to happen to Israel. And David has to go out and he has to make a sacrifice unto the Lord. So he goes out and he finds a man named Ornan. And there's this threshing floor where he's threshing his wheat. And David comes to him and says, hey, I want to buy this threshing floor, I need, I need to do a sacrifice to God and it needs to be right here. And I want to give you basically the, the market price for your land. I'll, I'll give you what it's worth. And you know what Ornan says? He says, no, no, I will not let you pay me for this land to sacrifice to the Lord. Not only that, I'm going to give you the oxen for the offering. I'm going to give you the wood. I'm going to give you the threshing instrument so you can cut up the wood. And he uses this, these three wor four words, if I could count, he uses these four words, I give it all. That was Ornan's heart. 
That was Ornan's sacrifice to the Lord. He counted not himself to have apprehended. He said, I got to give it all. That was his heart. Thinking that we're doing enough, I'm telling you, it's dangerous because I've fallen into it. I've been burnt out to no end to where it takes, honestly, months before I can feel like I can mentally crawl out of this hole that I'm in because I start developing this attitude of looking at, at what I'm doing and maybe starting to put my eyes on what other people aren't doing and feeling like, why do I got to sacrifice everything? Why do I got to do it all? Am I not doing enough? But I'm still here, right? God hasn't taken me. He hasn't called me to be a martyr. So what's enough? What's enough to you? Because to Christ, it was his very life. And to Paul, it was his very life. And to the other apostles, it was their lives, their deaths. That's what was enough. When God finally took them off the planet, that's when it was enough. So it's really, really easy. I know it is. I know it is because I still fall into it too. I'm not some super Christian and super spiritual person or that just, I can go on no sleep. Claudia might tell you otherwise. She thinks I'm part robot, but <laughs> I'm really not. And it's easy to fall into this. It's easy to, to say, well, what about me? But that's not what we're doing. And that's not the life we've been called to. So as long as we're alive, we should never, never feel like we have nothing left to give. We should never feel that way, ever. In Matthew 11, what did Jesus say? He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. rest. He's our rest. It's not rest from the work, it's rest in the work. I'll never forget the night that God pierced my heart with that, that passage. Because he goes on to say, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your what? To your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I'll never forget when that hit me. I was doing all this stuff thinking, have, aren't I doing enough? And I was exhausted and I was this close to burnout. And I, I came across this and, and it, at the first glance it was, where is this rest he was promising? Right? I'm doing all this stuff. And he said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Where is my rest? I'm exhausted and I'm burnt out. And frankly, I'm getting to a point where I just don't even care about people anymore because I'm fried. And that's when I read verse 29 where he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart. And it was like a ton of bricks where I realized I wasn't in his yoke. I was in mine. And I'm trudging along figuratively saying, come on, Jesus, let's go, let's do this. And he's saying, get in my yoke. And I miss the meek and the lowly in heart part of it all. So when God hit me with that and I realized and my heart and my mind and my attitude toward the work of the Lord changed, 
Do you think my schedule lessened at all of the things that I was doing? No. But you know what I found? Rest in the work, in Christ. That's what I found. And when you find that, when you're walking with the Lord, when you're abiding in Jesus Christ, it's not about your time, it's not about your sleep, and it's not about how much you're doing because he will provide rest through it all. You will find rest in it because when you're not finding it and you're in your yoke, the work is exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting. But when you're in his yoke, he provides you with that grace, with that energy, with that passion to do it. And that's where everything changes. So he says, I count not myself to have apprehended. I, don't, I haven't hit my peak. Don't fall into the trap of thinking that you're doing enough. You should never feel like you're done. Ever. And if you ever feel that way, it's time to get on your knees. And it's time to talk to him. And it's time to be honest with him about it. And if you have found that it's been you doing it and it turns out it's been a prideful endeavor, be honest. Talk to God about it. And don't be afraid to talk to your peers. This is what Brooke talked about. We need to know each other. If you don't have anyone, especially in this room, that you feel like you could be perfectly honest with any sin you're struggling with or any heart issues you're dealing with, that's a huge problem. A huge problem. And that needs to change. And partially that's why we're doing testimonies. And we're going to do a lot of testimonies in the future. So don't be surprised if you get a phone call or a text from me. Because we need to know each other. We need to. And, you know, I feel like in this room, I'm probably the most known because I'm the guy that's always standing up here. And the Bible has this funny way of bringing my faults out, you know. And I feel like I really need to tell you guys about them so that you can learn from my mistakes and that way you don't have to make them. But do you know each other that well? It's easy for me because I'm here. And I know it's a little harder for you guys, but that's what we have to be doing. So we need to be doing testimonies and we need to have nights where we just fellowship with each other and we just get to know each other. Not what your favorite color is. Not what your favorite food is. What are you dealing with? Who are you? How do you process things? How do you think about things? How do you see the world? How do you see the Bible? What has God spoken to your heart that you're dealing with right now? Those are the deep things. Those are the things of fellowship. Not just friendship. Not just showing up in a room to hear a guy talk for 20 minutes, an hour, whatever. That's not fellowship. And that's what we need. We need each other to be doing that, to know each other. And so next, we have one thing to do. We have one thing to do, and that really boiled down to, I press toward the mark. So always be pressing forward. Always be pressing forward with Jesus Christ. If you're standing still, you might as well be going backwards because God is always moving, always. He never stops. So with him, we always need to be pressing forward. And you know what? Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it is so easy to move forward with God because it seems like everything's going good in life. Everything is right in the world and I can move forward with God. I'm going to be honest with you guys. It's been hard this last week and a half for me. It has been hard to be moving forward. But it doesn't mean I stop. It doesn't mean I stop. The steps might get a lot smaller 
But because of my life and because of my past, I know the danger of stopping because once you stop, next thing you know, your head starts going like this and you start looking back and you start thinking about that old life and you start thinking about, man, it just feels like things were easier when I didn't have this burden of always, oh, I got to be serving Christ or, you know, oh man, was that wrong? Was this right? Is this what God wanted? Man, things were easier when I just didn't care. And I fell into that once. And let me tell you, I'm not going back there again because it may look appealing <laughs> until you get there. Because once you're there, you're going to find out it's the worst place you've ever been. So you always have to be pressing forward. And Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. This is the first thing he said, forgetting those things which are behind. So do not focus on past successes or defeats. Don't let your past successes in your Christian life be what you ride out for the next year. Because then you're not doing anything. When people ask you, what's God done in your life lately? And you got to say, well, six months ago, this happened. That's a problem because God is never done working, ever. He's never done working on us or with us. If you have to look back to six months ago, that's a problem. If you have to look back to three months ago, that's a problem. Don't focus on those past successes and let them carry you into the future. Also, don't let your past defeats crush you in your walk and in your life. You can't. You can't. We all face them. We all face them. I think any one of us in this room can look back to a crushing point in our life and say, at that point, I could have totally walked away. I could have totally given up or abandoned my, my life that I'm living in this way. But the key is to keep moving forward. You can't let either one of those things, they're both a problem. And that's why Jesus said in Luke 9, 63, no man having put, a, having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Have you grabbed the plow? Anybody in here saved? I want to see it. Saved? Anybody in here grabbed the plow to get to work with Jesus Christ? Then you can't look back. You can't. He says you're not fit for the kingdom of God if you're looking back. He doesn't say you're going to lose your salvation. He doesn't say you never had it. He said you're not fit to be there. So it's time to get fit. It's time to put in the exercise and it's time to grab a hold of the plow and move forward. And we can't look back to those things. And there's a line. You know, there's, I don't want to fully forget my past because if I do, I would be prone to go back. I don't want to fully forget it, but I also don't want to glamorize it. I don't want to look back and think how great it was. And there's a line. So I don't want to look back to it, but I still want it in here. So I don't turn away. And the same thing with the successes, because sometimes life just beats the snot out of us. And we do need to be, have, have those Ebenezers, those landmark times where we can say, man, you know, God did this. And it can comfort us and it can cause us to keep moving forward. But it can't be the thing that we continue to ride out. So don't focus on those things. Let them be what they are. Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. So learn from them and move on and then press toward the mark. And that phrase even, that press toward the mark, it carries the connotation of hardship 
and persecution because it's not going to be easy. It's not. Look in Philippians 3.12, just above that. He says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that, uh, if that, I may apprehend that for which I also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. So that follow after, again, that's the same word. If you look at it in a concordance, it's that same word. And it, it deals with persecution and hardships. Following after, pressing toward something. It's not going to be easy. And let's go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 9. So press toward that mark. What is the mark? All right, well, we'll get to it in a minute. You press toward the mark. Paul correlates this another way here when he talks about running a race. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. He says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. You, that you might obtain it. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Got to be temperate. Not a loose cannon. Not way up here one day, way down in the valley the next. Up, down, up, down. Temperate in all things to walk with Him. To run with Him. He says, now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run. Not as uncertainly, right? Not, not like a spaz. Right? Just, I've seen you run. Hey. <laughs> Physically, it's a different ballgame. Not as uncertainly. Not like you don't know where you're going. Let's put it that way. How's that? Is that better? Not like you don't know where you're headed. That would be uncertainly. Like you're just errantly running and you don't even know where the finish line is. So Paul says, I run, but not as uncertainly. Because he knew where he was headed. He knew where the finish line was and he knew what the mark was. So I run, not as uncertainly, and he says, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Like he doesn't have any idea where the enemy is. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. <clears throat> Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Anybody ever ruin their testimony? I have. Where you've shared Christ with someone, and then you totally freaking blew it, and you feel like, you can't even talk to that person again because your testimony is shot. That's what Paul's talking about. He says, I gotta, I gotta keep this thing in suggestion, subjection, this flesh, this body in subjection. Lest when I go out preaching and I'm this guy on fire for Jesus Christ, and then I myself, I I'm a castaway. I walk away from the faith. I gotta be careful. Paul, right? The greatest Christian, Paul? Yeah, he said that. He said it's it's something. He's got to work on. He says, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection because it constantly wants to go the other way. We're running a race. We've got to be moving forward, pressing toward that mark through the hardship, through the persecution. That's where this ministry is so key because we need each other. Because if we were actually living this way, I don't know if we would experience true persecution here in the United States, like true persecution. 
But I can assure you this, your life would get a whole lot harder. A whole lot harder. If we were actually living what we say we believe, it'd get a whole lot harder. And there'd definitely be more hardships. And there'd be more harsh words coming your way. And more people that didn't want to talk to you at all in this outside world. And that's when we really need each other. Because it gets hard. And you feel defeated. So we got to be pressing toward that mark. That mark. Reach forth because there's work to be done. Go ahead and let's uh, turn to Proverbs 10. I wasn't sure if we were going to, but it's too good not to. Proverbs 10, verse 5. All right, we got to keep pressing forward because there is work. There's work that needs to be done. And here's what Solomon had to say about workers. Proverbs 10, verse 5. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame. Jesus said the harvest was white when he was on the planet. How much more today? How many more people are on the planet today than there were at that time? If the harvest was white then, it's almost, it's about to rot. It's about to rot. We are that close. We cannot afford to be sleeping in harvest time and causing shame because we are a son to him or a daughter. We don't have the time to cause shame. We need to be diligent. We need to gather in the summer and be a wise child of God reaching forth. And that prize... The prize is a crown of righteousness. And it's not, Paul said, it's not just to me, but all those that love his appearing. And, you know, that doesn't just mean like saying, oh, I just, I love his appearing. I can't wait for Jesus to come back. I mean, because I think we all kind of feel that way, right? Especially at times where just like this world is falling apart at the seams. I can't wait. I love his appearing. No, what he's actually talking about is living like you love his appearing, living like you genuinely believe it could happen today. To be honest, would you live differently if you knew Friday night Jesus was coming back? How would you spend the next two, three days if you knew for certain he was coming back Friday night? Would it change how you live? Would it change how you talk to people, what you say to people? We need to live that every day. Every day. That's that prize. That's that crown of righteousness. It's not just feeling like you love his appearing. It's living like you love his appearing and you cannot wait for it and believing it could happen now. That's who the crown of righteousness is reserved for. He says, I'm sorry, let's go back to Philippians 3. Oh, you never mind. It's on the top of your paper. You don't have to turn there. Yeah, you do. We're going there anyway. Sorry, I'm feeling a little, uh, I forgot. We're going to 310. So Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The prize is the crown of righteousness. And that high calling, that high calling is a life of sacrifice. And it's a high calling because, let's be honest, if it weren't for Christ, would we do it on our own? Honestly, would you have this, this heart attitude that at times really shines forth where we can, we can really sacrifice ourselves 
for people. We really can. But would you, if it weren't for Christ and His example? Philippians 3.10, Paul says that I may know Him. That I may know Him. This isn't an intellectual ascent. This is a life experience. That I may know Him. And we know that by the words he says next. And the power of His resurrection. What's the only way to be resurrected? What's got to happen first? You got to die. So you want to know the power of His resurrection? You got to die to self. To truly get the power of His resurrection. You want to know Him? Have the power of His resurrection? You got to die to self. And the fellowship of His sufferings. Everyone's favorite part of being a Christian. That's how you know Him. The power of His resurrection by being dead to self. The fellowship of His sufferings and being made conformable unto His death. Right? We think, yeah, I want to know Jesus. I want to know Him. We even talk to each other about it. Right? Or you'll hear people say, I just, I want to know Christ more intimately. Do you know the road? Because this is the road. That's the one you got to climb on. To know Him. Right? In Isaiah 53, it says that He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. That was His life. We know He came to give His life a ransom for many. We know He came to minister, not be ministered unto. That's the life. It's a high calling. A high calling. Because not just anyone can live it. And we are going to wrap this up by looking at Romans 12 with our new headline verse for the ministry. Romans 12, we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. And I know you guys know this. And if you don't, if you don't have Romans 12, 1 and 2 committed to memory, I highly encourage it. Commit this to memory. And then pray that God will take it from the memory down into your heart. Because up here, we tend to forget it when we need it. You know, when it's just locked in your head. And then the time comes where it's like, you could really use that Bible verse, you forget it because you're caught up in the moment. You need to ask God to take that baby and move it right down to your heart. Because I'll tell you, I've seen the difference in my own life. Where I've read the Bible after something's unfolded in my life and I read the Bible and I'm like, I knew that. Why didn't I know that here? Pray that God would take that thing and move it down to your heart. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, again I beg you brethren, I beseech you therefore brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's reasonable. It's not out of hand to ask this. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's the high calling right there. And whether you understood it or not, the day you got saved, we all got that call the day we got saved. And that's why it's such a high calling. Because it's the calling that, that Christ gave us because He showed it to us. He showed it to us. He presented His body a sacrifice. We present ours a living sacrifice. Holy, 
holy, living a life of holiness. That's what's acceptable to God. Not excusing sin because we think it's small. Holiness, that's what he's calling for. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to fail. And it's okay. Repent quickly. Get right with God all the time. Because slowly, over the rest of your life, you can become more holy and more holy and more holy in a life that pleases God more and more and more. You know, Paul said, they that run in a race run all, but only one gets the prize. You guys ever watch a marathon? I haven't because they're boring, but (laughs) I know how they go. Everybody starts, right? Everybody starts the marathon that's there. One person wins, but there are many that start. You know what they don't do? They don't finish. They don't finish. Because you know what I know? Anyone can start a race. Anyone can. But not everyone can finish it. This is our calling. It's a high one. And our finish line is the end of our lives. And we don't know when it's coming. We don't know what that day is. So we got to press toward the mark through the hardships, through the suffering. Forget the things that are behind. Move forward. Always be moving forward. And there will be a prize at the end. And you will hear, well done, if you've lived it that way. If you've lived it for Him. And you've given of yourself for Him. Not for your own glory, but for His. Father, thank You so much again for this night. Thank You for Your Word. Lord, You know how convicting it can be to me to stand up here and say these things. And know that on a daily basis, I don't live up to this. But it's what I want. And it's why I turn to You. And it's why I constantly know that I need You. And I cannot do this without You. Thank You for not just giving us a book and then saying, here, go figure it out. Good luck. Thank You for Your Spirit that is the guide into all truth. Thank You for Your patience and Your long-suffering with us. Father, guide us through this week. Bring us back here safe next week that we can bring You more and more glory. In Jesus' name, Amen.